so much for tuning in and welcome everyone hope you're well i'm your host ben lively and you're listening to shake and awake episode number 60 i wanted to thank you for tuning in with us today wherever you are and whatever you're doing right this very moment it means everything to me to share the messages that god has laid on my heart to share and as always i promise you another great show but more than anything My hope for you today and always is that you have an actual encounter with the Lord, not just another podcast episode. And just a a quick ask, if you have found value in these episodes, would you take 30 seconds after the show to to go to uh, submit a quick review or a star rating in your app? Yeah, this is what potential listeners look for when deciding whether to give this show a listen. Uh, Would you do that for me if and only if you find value in these episodes? And for those of you that have already, I, I certainly can't thank you enough. So without further delay, let's get ready to invite God in with us right here, right now, and allow him to speak directly to your heart and mind. So today's topic is on, are you suffering for Christ or yourself? Today's episode ties into the last Shake and Awake episode, episode number 59. Last episode, we discussed how Jesus suffered innumerably. While he lived his short uh, life here on earth over 2,000 years ago, Jesus was uh, portrayed He was falsely accused, he was rejected, he was abused, and and Jesus was humiliated. You know, I've said it a thousand times and I will say it again, and I'll continue to say it. Who are we to complain? Who are we to say that we have it bad? Who are we to think Jesus doesn't understand our problems? Or that because God didn't answer our prayers yet, they're not important to him. The difference between our suffering and his is that he suffered for us and to do the will of the Father. He took on that pain and suffering for us, not for him. So the question I have for you today is how much of your betrayal, being falsely accused, rejection, abuse, and humiliation is for him and not you? His was for you. Why isn't ours for him? For he said in John 15, 18, if the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. Question is, does the world hate you or, or, or do they love you? It's a powerful question. And, and if it truly does hate you, is it for Christ's sake or your own sake? You know, we live our lives each day typically for ourselves, do we not? And, and let me stop right here. I'm not here to cast stones, imply, or or point fingers. I'm here to put a rock in your shoe, as the Holy Spirit, figuratively speaking, does to me through conviction in my heart. So if you cannot identify, uh, identify with what I'm saying today, then, then you're likely on the right path, and this message is not for you today. And that's okay. I'm speaking to those that if the shoe fits, that you'll consider kicking it off. You know, we live our lives each day typically for ourselves, do we not? I mean, with work and family and health and finances and the the present and the future and the direction of our lives, we're either being reactionary or we're being proactive. You know, we suffer daily. In some way, 
we suffer daily, some more than others. Our suffering does not compare, though, to the suffering that Jesus endured. But we, just like him, endure betrayal, false accusations, rejection, abuse, and humiliation. It's just part of the dark and distorted world that we live in. Question is, if we're suffering that for us and keep pressing forward, why are we not as willing to suffer for him? Is it because he's unworthy to suffer for? Is it because we don't need to suffer for his namesake? Is it because we have a me first attitude towards life? Is it because we just don't know what to do or what's uh, you know expected of us? Is it because we have formed a comfort bubble around our homes and ourselves that shield and protect us from the outside influences and the and the uh, spiritual darkness and, and forces that we fight against as the, as the Bible states? What is it? Here's the answer. It's all of it and more. Some hold true to many and some hold true to some, but there's a reason. Whether or not it's conscious or subconscious, regardless, it has the same outcome, which is we're not willing to suffer for Christ as we are for our own selves. We're placing ourselves and our needs and wants higher than the will of the Father. We've become our own idols. Yeah, it does sound harsh and mean, doesn't it? And some of you are shaking your heads right now. Nope, that's not me, never was and never will be, right? So in response to those that are, answer me this question. Better yet, answer this question to our Father in heaven. How are you suffering for Christ? What is it that you do to work for the will of the Father that you sacrifice your life and happiness your time and energy, resources, and self for. What is it that shows your faith other than praying, read the, you know, reading the Bible, and going to church? What is it that you do to adhere to Jesus' calling for all his followers, known as the Great Commission, to spread the good news of the gospel and him? What do you do to those of us who take action and place him higher than ourselves and our lives here on earth, the actions that we take are out of love for him, out of our faith that produces the works and our need to just help lead others to Christ, not simply out of love for him, but love for our neighbors as well. The two most greatest you know, and important commandments of anyone that can be called a Christian per Jesus himself. And these actions alone lead us to suffering. These works from faith and love produce endurance, but also produce an earthly amount of suffering. So some of you are, are right now are wondering, you know, what kind of suffering? Tell me. Okay, I'm glad you asked. Well, let's start with betrayal. How about those that have said they'd be with us through thick and thin and should be? They're no longer. Once we converted from a lost soul to one that is alive in Christ, We've been betrayed. Once we started talking about Christ and how he saved us and allowed us to be reborn with the newness of Christ, those that claimed to love us turned their backs and often their attention and, and ears left our presence as well. We were great to be around when we spoke of earthly things, but now that we speak of heavenly things, we're betrayed for our own beliefs. We now speak and what we now speak hurts and irritates the demons inside them. It irritates their demons to no end. 
How about false accusations? How, how many of you are being accused of being holier than thou? Never thought in a million years you'd be called that, right? How many of you have people insinuate or just downright tell you, you think you're better than me and, and the others now, right? How many accuse you of turning your backs on them to follow the so-called new religion that you found? Accusing you of doing things you would have never done before with them and rejecting the things they do that you also once did. Sound familiar? How about rejection? We're rejected by past friends, even family, and certainly strangers, both in person and online, uh, right? No one wants to be bothered by you and your new Jesus friend, right? We're cast out, no, no longer part of the crowd or the family, right? People don't want to confront their sins or demons. They want to live their best life, right? YOLO, it's called. You only live once. So they reject the Christ in you because it doesn't align with the Satan in them. They reject the light because the light, that's you, drives out the darkness. And that's them. How about abuse? Many of you are verbally and emotionally and financially and, and some physically abused because of your faith and following and, and the obedience to Christ. Are you not? Mockery, withholding of love or other, simply because you are incredibly in love with God. Their hatred for Christ in you comes out in anger and resentment and retaliation and abuse of all types, does it not? How about a humiliation? Ever get mocked or put on front street because of your beliefs? Ever get weird looks or uh, distasteful comments about dwelling in the word of God in public? How about those that seem to be attracted to wanting to put your faith down and somehow attempt at all angles to prove why God and his word are a bunch of lies or nonsense? Does your family and or friends now talk badly about you in front of you? or when they're around themselves just gossiping and just crushing the one they used to like and love. If you've suffered and are suffering any one or all of these, count it a blessing, my brothers and sisters, in Christ. There's no better suffering you'll ever endure than the suffering for the one that died and bled for you. You know, Philippians 1.21 is being played out right in front of your life daily, which states, for to me to live is Christ." And to die is gain. One of the best known sufferers for Christ, if not the best known sufferer for Christ, was the Apostle Paul. I don't believe anyone had or has ever suffered more for the kingdom than Paul, of course, aside from Jesus himself. And not only suffered, but with thanksgiving. So some of the sufferings of Paul the Apostle, you know, I can't think of anyone in the entire Bible Again, apart from Christ, who lived a life of gratitude more than Paul the Apostle. This is significant, considering the horrible, just terrible trials and sufferings he went through. Here's a list that still falls short of all he, that he suffered. And it comes from uh, 2 Corinthians 11, 23 to 33. Uh, he labored, uh, labors more in abundance, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequently, faced death often from the Jews five times he received 40 stripes minus one three times he was beaten with rods once he was stoned three times he was shipwrecked 
a night and a day he's been in the deep and journeys often in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of his own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils of the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and toil, in sleepness often, in hunger and thirst, in often fastings, in cold and nakedness. Beside the other things, what comes upon him daily was his deep concern for all of the churches. And there's more where that came from. He was given a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to, to, to buffer him. 2 Corinthians 12, 7. He was abandoned by all his friends while in prison. That's 2 Timothy 1, 15. He was despaired even of life. As it states in 2 Corinthians 1, 8. You know, no kindred spirit who would be concerned for the welfare of the Philippian church. And I think we all get the picture. We all should. He was willing to not only endure, but embrace constant suffering for the Lord, not himself, for if it were for himself, I believe he would have never done any of it. He wouldn't have been able to. Again, he was whipped with 39 lashes five different times. He was beaten with rods three different times. He was pummeled with stones to the point of death. He was shipwrecked three times. Adrift at sea one night and a day. He had dangers everywhere. Again, rivers, robbers, his own people in the city, in the wilderness, by the Gentiles, in the sea. People that called themselves brothers, but they were false. Many sleepless nights. He was often hungry and thirsty and refused money from people because he didn't want to be accused of doing things for money. And just the pressure of the anxiety for all of the churches daily. He felt responsible and yet, given his radical, God-centered worldview, Paul calls such suffering, quote-unquote, light and momentary. So for this light, momentary affliction, it's preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison, as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient. They're passing, they come and go. But the things that are unseen are eternal. That's 2 Corinthians 4, 17 to 18. Paul knew that no matter how much it hurt in the here and now, it was as nothing compared to the hope and healing that he would experience for eternity in the presence of the Savior. He said, we walk by faith, not by sight. That's 2 Corinthians 5, 7 knowing that faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the convictions of things not seen. That's Hebrews 11.1. 1. So from Paul's perspective, the comparison and the contrast of now and then, here and there, kind of looks like this. So from an earthly perspective, it's light. Earthly, uh, internal perspective, it's weight. From an earthly perspective, it's just momentary. In the eternal perspective, it's eternal. From an earthly perspective... It's affliction. But from an eternal perspective, it's glory. Earthly perspective is what's seen and eternal perspective is what's unseen. From an earthly perspective, it's transient. Eternal perspective, it's eternal. So may God give us all the grace to suffer well as living advertisements for the death of Christ and the life of Christ as we live in the light of eternity. So before we wrap up, I, I want to give you 
the very word of God that will give some of you great comfort in your suffering, as well as motivation and conviction to those of you who do not yet suffer for the kingdom. By the way, there are 180 verses in the Bible that speak to this subject by my count. So here is but a few, and stick around because I got some exciting news uh, to share as well. So 1 Peter 5.10 states, And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Romans 8.18, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Romans 5, 3 to 5. More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that sufferings produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. I love that. James 1, 2 to 4. Count it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. John 16, 33, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Psalms 34, 19, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. 2 Timothy 3, 12, indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Jesus Christ will be persecuted. Philippians 1, 29, for it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake. 2 Corinthians 4.17 says, For this light momentary affliction is preparing us an eternal weight of glory beyond. 1 Peter 4.1 Since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same way of thinking. For whoever has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. Few more here. Romans 8.35 Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? My answer and your answer should be no. Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. Nothing. Galatians 6 2, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. 1 Peter 3 14, but even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them nor be troubled. 1 Peter 4, 12 to 19, beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you, but rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. If you're insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory in God rests upon you, but let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or as a meddler. Yet, if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in that name. Matthew 10, 39 says, whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. 
And I'll leave you all with this last verse, one of the most popular and well-known verses in all the Bible, to give you peace and joy during your suffering for Christ in the kingdom. So Psalms 23, 4, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear, fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Guys, there are so many more verses in the Bible that speak to this subject. It's called living a life for him. For we no longer live for ourselves, but for the one who saved us. So before we end today's show, I just want to thank you all again for tuning in. And I hope you were touched by today's message in scripture. If you'd like to reach out to me, please call me directly at 407-493-3208. Email me at ben at shaken-awake.com or check out the show at shaken-awake.com. So in the next Shaken Awake episode, I'm going to put this information out again with some links. But for now, and if you're still listening, I hope you are, here are the names of my new podcast starting to air on all podcast channels and on YouTube. Uh, the websites are not up yet, but they will be in the next few days and and as will the you know first episodes begin airing uh, first week of May. Um, one is called Your Daily Bread. It's a daily podcast, about five minutes or so, five minutes or less, that takes a word from his word and breaks it down into a meaningful translation and how we can apply it to our lives for that day and 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 moving forward. The next one is called You Your Chosen. Your Chosen. It's a weekly podcast for the lost. I'm using every tactic that the enemy uses to give us the perceived good life. And I'm going after this with the podcast. I'm going to I will speak to the groups that are living living in sin directly to insert how God sees the sin and what he can do to offer a life that is abundantly and exceedingly more than they could have ever dreamed of. I'm targeting those who are living in sin, whether it be alcoholism, drugs, porn, anger, hatred, disbelief in Jesus, paganism, witchcraft, Satanism, Muslim, Hindu, and any other man-made religion that puts themselves above Jesus or outright denies him. I'm going after the rich. I'm going after the living your best life crowd, those that don't think they need a Jesus. The list is endless and they all come from and are fueled by the enemy. Well, I'm bringing the living water to put out that fire that's been fueled by the enemy and ushering in the light to their darkness with the Holy Spirit and guide to, uh, God to guide and help me. So these will be useful for Christians also to put into the hands of those that they believe need to hear them personally as well. So these all start the week of May 1st and Shaken Awake will still be awake and alive as ever. So until next time, take great care of yourself and each other and God bless you all. 